You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. Welcome to the Captain's Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Poulos. Today, my guest is Coach TJ Kostecki. TJ is currently the head men's soccer coach at Bard College. He's been a college soccer coach and athletic director for over 30 years at the Division One, Two, II, and Three levels, most recently before Bard at LIU Brooklyn, where he managed one of the top programs in the country. TJ has a history of turning around programs, and Bard will be the fifth and I'm sure it will be the fifth program he will take from a losing season to a winning season program. TJ also runs his own company, Vision Training for Life, which is primarily focused on conducting workshops with teams, companies, and other organizations to improve their leadership, communication, and general relationships across the board. TJ was awesome to talk to, and I'm almost positive we will have him on the show again because I believe he has so much to offer our listeners. Today, we talk mostly about his coaching experience and how he implements leadership development into his programs. During the show, he recommends two fantastic books that I think everyone should read at some point, A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl and Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. Uh, A Man's Search for Meaning, especially anybody who hasn't read it, please get uh, your hands on a copy. He also discusses the three most important principles of his program, integrity, communication, and mentorship and professionalism, how TJ utilizes weekly meetings with his captains and daily quote unquote shout outs. Again, awesome, awesome interview. Can't wait to have TJ back on the show again. And I'm sure we will be collaborating with him in the near future on other projects as well. So please enjoy TJ Kostecki on another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. Hey coach, thanks so much for coming on the Captain's Coach Podcast and talk to us. Great to have you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for inviting me, Luke. It's great to be on. Yeah, uh, obviously, anytime we have a coach with such a long history of experience and a extreme focus on leadership, it's awesome to, to get your, your perspective and, and some of the things that you've been doing over the years and some of the things you've learned. And I think one of the first uh, questions I'll ask you here, Coach, is what are some of the fundamental values that you preach as a coaching staff whether that be at any of your programs at the division one, two, three levels, and then at your, your company vision training for life. Um, so great. So uh, there are a lot of uh, the leadership workshops that I, I do in vision training for life. Um, I do a deep dive into 10 qualities of transformational leadership uh, that from my lens uh, are important. Certainly there's 20, 30, there's a, there's a plethora amount of these qualities uh, but the foundation of three that we take a deep dive in my team and we talk about that these are the non-negotiables are integrity. Uh, we have a quote that if you have integrity, nothing else matters. If you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. It all starts with that. 
It's all about striving to do the right thing all the time, right? Uh, we talk about communication and mentorship. And what do we mean by that? We want to embrace criticism. So uh, we don't want a situation where we're closed off to information and people just walking around and avoiding opportunities to share to provide ideas of growth and how you can be better. How can I be better? So embracing that credit criticism and not being nervous or uptight about someone correcting me and finding ways to help find ways that I can be great at what I do. Uh, then the third one is professionalism. So everything we do, we try to be professional in everything. What does that mean? That means being on time. Uh, if you are late or if something happens to communicate, to be very clear about communicating, uh, to strive to do the right thing all the time. If we hold ourselves and each other to be professional in all these areas, then we're going to move forward. So those are the three that are the last program that I had coached for 20 years at LIU Brooklyn. I was a men's coach there for D1 program for 20 years. That was the foundation. Those were our three ethos that we took our 10. We started with 10 and we realized 10 is a lot to try to follow. Can we uh, uh, reduce that? And those are the three that we as a program focused on. No, I love it. And you know, really the integrity and professionalism right off the bat is a direct reflection of character. And I think as coaches and athletes, what we're really trying to develop through athletics is character and, and developing athletes as productive citizens in the real world and in society as a whole. And, and, people recognize athletes as some of the top performers and, and some of the most important movers in society. And I think they get that way when our programs focus on character and, and leadership, that communication and mentorship, being part of a team. And when you bring all those aspects together to the forefront of your principles and values, I think you, you see the success and, and the success you had at LIU Brooklyn obviously speaks for itself being one of the top programs in the country over the past few years. How has moving from that to Bard, uh, just being there for a couple months now, what kind of challenges have you seen when it comes to kind of basically taking a culture from scratch and, and building it? And especially kind of what kind of frustrations have you had coming from such a successful program where you've kind of had that culture ingrained for years? A great question. Um, to my surprise, um, Although the, the program that I took over, the level of, of soccer is very low, much lower, the quality of human beings is very high. So I've been uh, privileged actually to inherit a group of, of high quality human beings that right away are open to learning. They're open to that criticism, open to things that we're talking about. So I have not had a that as a challenging time as I thought I would have uh, trying to move culture. It's about now getting their ability level up to a higher level. Uh, however, the, in, in my lens of, uh, I've rebuilt four programs uh, from losing programs to winning programs, and this will be the fifth one as we move forward. We're not certainly not even close to being there yet because we just started. But the biggest uh, challenge is always is uh, rewiring perspective. Uh, what do I mean by that? We're a process-oriented society. Everybody asks you, if you had a match, Luke, the first thing they ask you is, how'd you do? They want to know, you know, did you win or did you lose? Right, right. You know, they don't care how you played, how you competed. No. You know, 
did you work hard? Did you get did better? You improve? Yeah, right. Did you improve? What did you do to help make your team better? What did you learn? None of that because our society is all focused on results. So yeah. a really important part is rewiring the brain, rewiring the focus that everything we do is process oriented and finding ways to make sure that we're on track of process orientation. Uh, we had a very a terrible result season on the field this year, but we had such a successful season, such a successful season. I had such a great time coaching these young men because they understood the process of that there is a gap in our ability level to close that gap right, right. now. And we're not in a position to get the results yet, but how can we, uh, narrow the gap and in what ways and make sure we're articulating that and that they're voicing it so they understand that it's not about just the wins or the losses. So that's the biggest challenge. I think it's probably the biggest challenge for a lot of coaches. Everybody asks, you know, did you win did you lose? And they look at you if you lost, ah, you're not good enough. Or if you won, oh yeah, you must be phenomenal. So rewiring and understanding that the process, there's different ways and how can we learn from not ha how we can gain success in a loss or the things we take away that are going to help make us better. Yeah, and that it's such an interesting thing because definitely from an outsider's perspective, uh, maybe somebody who's not in great from a coaching or, or managing perspective, definitely like you said, is very focused on the results. But I think when you, if anyone has ever thought about building a program from scratch or, or rebuilding a program, I think it's a no-brainer. The first thing you start with is not talent, it's not strategy, it's not X's and O's. It's not recruiting. It's what culture do you want to have? And when I say not recruiting, I mean not recruiting for talent. So yes. you want to pick your culture and then recruit people based on that. And then the perspective is so important. And this is a thing Ben and I have started discussing a lot more lately. And we've had a couple guests on the show talking about narrative warfare, but how important narrative is in your culture, telling your team a story and having your team live that story and having them for you in, in this past season, you know, what's the narrative going to be? Is it going to be uh, another, another poor season on the field or is it going to be, Hey, we made some huge strides off the field that are going to set up these little building blocks of success that is going to translate onto the field. So I think that's, that's huge uh, down the line, but what are some things, you know, you, you, you had such great success when it comes to the culture and, and some of your leadership, what are some exercises or, or some training programs or, or things that you've brought to BARD this year that were kind of hands-on and some exercises you may have done with, with your athletes that really changed them? Or, or like you said, they were already great, but what kind of brought them up to the next level of improvement? Sure. So um, it's really important to be around people that are happy and positive in life. We want, you know, you have, you have a choice. You have two choices in every situation. You're either bringing energy or you're taking energy away in everything that you do in life, right? Yeah. And I want to be around people that are bringing me energy. And energy is also could be just list, is listening. Energy doesn't mean speaking or yelling or shouting. So that's bringing good energy. So that's the choice that we have. So we've talked about, we talk as a team, is how, what are you doing to bring energy to us and to each other? How are you helping us, each other? How are you being selfless? How are you giving more? One of my favorite lines is find ways of giving more and taking less. You know, if you give more and I give a lot and everybody gives a lot, we're going to get better and better all the time. And uh, so what we do is uh, about positivity and giving and gratefulness and also gratefulness about being positive. When you're positive, when you're grateful, you're excited about what you're doing. 
and oh, you yeah. want to be here. You want to be around. So sure. I have, I surround myself with happy, grateful people that are hardworking that want to be good at what they do. Uh, so what we do is every uh, training session, before we do anything, we circle up. We circle up. And a lot of coaches do that. They circle up, and usually the coach does the talking. Um, and in my lens of being an athletic director, and I've observed so many different teams. Um, I had a perch at LIU Brooklyn where outside my back office, third floor, I saw all the basketball indoor training sessions for 20 years. LeBron James would come play every I saw it all on the front end of my office, third floor. I had a baseball, softball, soccer. I had all these coaches. So I would observe all the time and watch how coaches start practice. Right. A lot of them, you know, some do a circle, different things. So we start a circle. What we do is in the circle. The first thing we do is shout outs. Who has, who has a shout out today? And we put our arms around each other in a circle. Everybody, everybody in my staff, athletic trainers, you name it. So we shout out. We might say, shout out to Luke, because Luke helped me with my biology last night. I needed some help with tutoring, and he helped me do that. Shout out to Luke. Uh, shout out to Bob, because Bob actually, you know, took care of my lunch today because I last, left my – whatever it is that we're shouting out, we're giving, and what we're doing is we're uh, validating one of the key needs we have as human beings is to be validated, is to find ways of what we're doing to be meaningful. What you're doing is meaningful. This leadership training for other coaches, what I'm doing I feel is meaningful. So how do we find ways of validating each other? When we do that and that spreads, when we learn that lesson, it becomes contagious. So we do shout, shout outs to the weather, shout outs to Little, are you tracking with me? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. So, so these little things are actually the big things in life. They're the huge things. So now your lens, you're always looking to what can I, what can I do for some? How can I help someone to make it better? Does that make sense? Oh so yeah. Every training session, that's one of the things that we do. Just a little part there. Uh, of course, I I do the leadership training with my guys. Uh, I will be doing that workshop. This is the workshop I do is a ninety minute workshop in the spring semester. I was hired very late at Bard. I was hired in the end of the summer. It took me two weeks to learn the names of the guy. I didn't even know the guys. Yeah. yeah. I was calling them the wrong names for maybe two and a half weeks actually. <laughs> there wasn't any really formal training in the fire. We're playing games. I didn't know where I was driving. I had no idea what was going on. The names never heard of these schools because I've been coaching at the D one level for so many years. I never right. heard of these schools. So the leadership training, a lot of it's going to be happening now in the off season for us. Right. Um, where uh, we're going to do that. So, for example, if I can get into one of the things that I, I do with my teams is we, we read books. And uh, one of the books that the guys are reading, I bought them, is Man's Search for Meaning. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. You know that one, huh? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a phenomenal book. It's, it's, a, man, a man with a how can sustain any what or why. Man with a how can sustain any why. Exactly. So I'm going to have these 18 to 22-year-olds read this book. We're reading it right now, and it's our book club. And uh, in the next month, we're going to get together, and, and we're going to talk about it. And they're going to talk about it. And they're going to talk about how does it impact their lives? How do they see themselves in Viktor Frankl's story of surviving three concentration camps? And what is the lesson that comes out of that? And the big lesson, as you know, is that we have a choice. The one thing that no one can ever decide for us is we have a choice to respond to every situation that's presented to us. No one could ever take that away from you. 
And we're going to circle back and look at that and say, how, we're, how are we going to develop our team ethos at Bard from this story and what we learned in that story about survival and how people move forward and hope. So that's going to be an ex important exercise of what they got out of it personally for their own lives and what we as a program want to be all about. So when we recruit someone, they know that bar soccer is about these three or four or five, usually right. three to five, not more than that because more than that's hard to focus on. This yeah. is our foundation. So that's a really big piece of what we do. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, the book club, how often do you meet? Is that something that's optional for, for the guys or is that, hey, this is what we're doing. You can read it or not, but we're going to meet. No, no, that's not optional. I, I bought them. They all have the, this book. Awesome. awesome. They all have the book. So we'll do that every year. We'll do that during the winter break because we're a fall season, right? Yeah. So we'll do that over the winter break every year. And I'll give them another book next year and another and another. And again, it's about growing their minds, their hearts, opening up right. their hearts and the perspectives and how they can become better at uh, as teammates. Yeah. Awesome. And is that something, do you guys have one time a week when you guys meet during fall workouts or winter workouts? Is that something you dedicate to discussion about the book? So what we, there's a couple ways we do it. So with this one, we're going to uh, uh, look at it and, and on several, over several meetings, take out material and discuss it because there's so much in there. Right. Look at it and see how it, uh, how we could uh, translate into our team with this specific book. Um, and out of that, our ethos, as I mentioned, another one that we'll have them do next year will be about leaders. We'll have a book about specific leaders, 40 of the top global leaders, a little synopsis on each. Mm -hmm. And in that circle I shared with you, what I, what I will do then is as we do a shout out at every practice, I will pick someone the night before to share a, a nugget of wisdom from one of the leaders that will help our program. I love it. So each player, you follow me? Yeah. yeah. Looking at their own leadership skill. It's not just the captains. Yeah, it's everybody. Leadership skills. And how can they offer something to help our program become better and each of us to become better. And I think that's huge. And, and a lot of the coaches and programs I know, uh, our lacrosse program at West Point, um, actually, I'm going to go back a little bit too. the, the energy, uh, conversation we started with there. Uh, you know, I mentioned the last guest was a baseball coach at, at St. Thomas. He, he had a big thing. The, the energy bus was one of the books he recommended. And, and at West Point or coach Alvarisi always used to say, you could be a radiator, you could be a drain. And every day you're either helping us or hurting us. And, you know, it's just funny. I hear you say these things and they echo in my mind the same way they did with him and the shout outs. We didn't have necessarily a, a formal thing like that, but when we did our dynamic stretching, our, our whole team was lined up on the goal line and we would do our dynamics, you know, 15 yards out, 15 yards back. And people would just yell stuff back and forth across the end line. Um, you know, just little stuff here and there. And, and, you know, you know, what's up? South of Mason-Dixon, everybody that's south of Maryland, Maryland and below, you know, hey, what's up, Long Island? Hey, what's up, white team defense? What's up, black team offense? You know, stuff like that, back and forth. So it really, really resonated with me, and I, I know it has it has a big impact. You know, sometimes you walk out to practice, you're not feeling it. Um, you just need a little pick-me-up here and there. Um, and then uh, the book club is a great idea. I think that's something – everybody can uh, can take and utilize at, at any school. But the piece I love that you mentioned right there at the end, Coach, is getting everybody involved 
in the leadership aspect. It's not just for captains. And I think that was another thing we had at, at West Point was everybody had something to offer uh, when it came to leadership. You know, no one ever thought that the captains were the only ones that had to make decisions. There were multiple times when a sophomore would get up in front of the team and say something. Um, you know, the freshmen on our team have, there's three freshmen that have really important responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, uh, one of the freshmen on the team says a quote memorized every day before practice starts after stretching memorized from heart. I was unfortunate enough to have to do that every day um, for, <laughs> for the entire spring season four, four days a week. Um, and I can tell you, I mean, it was great. It, you know, as, as much as I didn't play uh, most of my career, my freshman year, you know, that was a little something I had um, to get the team fired up and going. So I really, I really love massive contributor. Right, know, right, right. Not right. about playing or not playing, or just playing. Or not. Everyone wants to play, of course. But you and the coach recognize you're a massive contributor in your quotes. What you shared, yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, it wasn't as fun <laughs> during it. Uh, a little stressful as a, as a freshman, but uh, it's definitely worth it. Uh, speaking of captains, um, first, did you have captains this year? How are they chosen, and and kind of how are you going to go forward with that? Yeah, yeah. So um, captains were chosen recommended by the prior the prior coach left on on really good terms good. Uh, he resigned on his own um uh, to pursue other things professional development and out of coaching actually and uh he had recommended these uh, gentlemen uh players and uh i did kept i kept on kept my his assistant on with me which was a good move uh and they recommended these two specific players I brought them in and I, and I spoke with them and interviewed them and uh, just heard their story and I supported that decision. Both were really good choices in terms of captains and they, they ended up being terrific leaders. Um, uh, moving forward, how, how I'll do it is, uh, I of course get input from players. It's very important to have their input. I'm not like, oh, I'm just gonna pick this one or that one. Right. Uh, so I'll have them give me input privately uh, in our individual meetings, but why? They're going to write it down. And basically, I ask is, who do you see uh, that contributes, that brings – I don't even talk about captains. I just – I tell me three players that you see that impact and affect our team in a, in a great way. That's what I do. And they write, and, you know, they don't realize they're talking about captains, right? And then I say, well, why this guy? Why that guy? Like, because – all right, great. So now I have my list of, you know, and guess what? Luke is on – you know, 90% of these lists, hello, I guess Luke probably should be the right captain. You know, it's, it's really a no-brainer. It's not hard to figure that out. Uh, nine out of ten times they get it right. Uh, I may add someone, so I may, they may, I've had anywhere from one to three captains. One is a little bit difficult because a lot on that person's shoulders, mm-hmm. and if they get injured, of course. Right. Uh, so two is a good number for my sport, men's soccer. I don't know other sports. Uh, I've had three as well. Uh, but two or three are usually the number that I have, and that's that's the process, and it and it works well. Yeah, that's great. And and the, the individual meetings, talking to them, that was another thing. It's it's just a coincidence. You and the previous coach I had on, he did it the same way. In all of his exit meetings, he would ask the players, and they would have to tell him exactly why, and and make sure it fits the culture and the philosophy behind the team. And and I think that's a great way of doing it. And and I'll mention it again. I'm sure the listeners have heard it a bunch now. Um, from me and having Coach Alberici and other West Point lacrosse guys, you know, we voted 
as a team, but we put our name at the top of our ballots and the previous, the outgoing seniors got a vote as well. Um, and before we started our vote, coach A would go over, Hey, you know, you're voting for these guys to be the face of the program. They stand for mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, our tradition, our family, our toughness, mm-hmm. um, everything that we want. This isn't a popularity contest. You know, it, it's, it's really important. I think sometimes coaches maybe at the high school level, especially either just say, Hey, I'm picking the team out of it. I'm picking one, two guys. They're going to do it. Or they just say, Hey, we're going to have a team vote and they keep themselves out of it. And coach A did the same thing. You know, if there was somebody he felt had a really big impact um, that maybe did not get the representation that, that two other guys did, he'd throw a third guy on there. Um, but I think he, he would agree nine times out of 10 players kind of, kind of get it right when, when they do it that way. Awesome. Um, is, going with the, the captain theme, is there anything that you do specifically with your captains, um, either in your own program or when you work with other teams, is there anything specifically you hone in with captains in terms of skills, workshops, development, anything like that? So they, they meet with me every week. Uh, they, they meet with me every week. And, and in that meeting, they're, they're doing the majority of the talking. So that's a mentorship opportunity, a one-on-one, one-on-two mentorship opportunity. That's what we do throughout the year. And uh, so that conversation is share with me the pulse and the temperature of the team. Um, a, a big important part of a uh, leader's job is not – to create followers, but to create other leaders. The leader's job, in my opinion, is to create other leaders, not followers. So they're in my office talking, and they're, and they're sharing with me, yeah, this is what's going on, this is how we feel things are going well, we don't think things are going well here maybe, or we like that, or we like this section. So I talk about everything. How do you think about practice? How am I doing with practice? I mean, I've been a college head coach for 32 years, but I'm asking my 18 to 22-year-olds, what they think about practice. Because I want to know. And I care about them. And you know what? I trust them. And when they recognize that I trust them, my captains, guess what? They start trusting me. If right. there's all guys asking them and implementing the changes that they're telling me, they're going to be more open to trusting me. So that conversation that we have in our office is a big-time real-life conversation. It's not just a, a, a sport conversation. It's It's – it's about a life conversation. How can you move people forward? You know, who's having conflicts? You know, why are they having conflicts? Are you listening to them? What are you doing as a leader to help move them forward? Are you showing empathy skills? Are you leading with a stick or are you leading with the heart? Sometimes you need to lead with a stick. But the sustainable one is when you lead with the heart. When you lead with the heart, you're showing that you care and you love. When you lead with love, you can accomplish incredible things in life. And with teams, you lead with love and caring, people will do amazing things for you. So those are the conversations we talk about with 18 to 22 year old guys that might not have had that same narrative at home or maybe in the media or maybe in society, they're hearing or thinking about different things in terms of how to care and how to lead. So those conversations become very rich and very important. And in those conversations, um, driving it if I need to drive it one way or the other. But most of the time, look, I'm asking questions right. that are open-ended questions for yeah. them to think, yeah. you know? That's what I do, and that's what we do. I'm not just talking like in this conversation, talking, 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 but I'm asking them to, to think and then talk. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and that's definitely got to have a huge impact in terms of development for the leaders in your programs. I mean, some coaches don't even have – 
conversations with them. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of coaches that do have those kind of weekly conversations. A lot of it is geared towards what's going on in the field, what's going on in, in the locker room, maybe what's going on in the classroom, but there's not as much back and forth in one, the coach asking what they can do better. Um, it's more of, Hey, what's going wrong with the guys? Not so much. Hey, what am I doing wrong? But that's that, that trust piece I think is, is huge that coaches can kind of give to their players and receive from their players back. Like you said, and that uh, the, the leading with the stick, leading with the heart, it, it's really leadership's an art. It's one of the, the tenets of leadership we co- or we teach at the captain's coach that that leadership is an art. It's, it's a balance. Um, there's a lot of great books out there. The Economy of Leadership by, by Jocko Willink, um, Leadership and Balance by Michael O'Rario. Uh, awesome books about figuring out different scenarios you're going to need to, you know, figure out where you are on the spectrum and different aspects of leadership. Every situation is going to need you to push one way or the other. Um, one of our previous guests, we had a great conversation about balancing accountability and empathy. You know, sometimes, especially in college and high school, where these guys are your best friends, your teammates are your best friends, sometimes you got to come down hard on them, keep them accountable. And then, you know, 75% of the time, maybe 50% of the time, maybe 90% of the time, maybe depending on your team, you got to show a little more empathy and be a little more connected. And, and understanding. But I think that's that's great uh, what you're doing. And obviously, you've had a, a long career of success uh, doing these things. So um, any coach out there who's who's doing any of these things, I think they can at a minimum take the next step up when it comes to these conversations and, and interactions with, uh, with their captains or, or the rest of their team. Yeah, I know we're, 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 you're giving me the 10-minute the signal here. Uh, I won't take up too much more of your time, Coach, but uh, uh, to, to go forward, it, could you give an example of maybe one or two of the best captains you've experienced firsthand and, and what made them so great? You don't have to name names if you don't want to. but um, No, I'll, I'll, I'll name a couple examples. And I'll also I'll share with you examples of uh, great captains, and I'll also share with you – an issue that we dealt with and how we resolved that. Cause of, of course it's, you know, how do you, how do you resolve issues and how do you right. deal with that? So uh, two of my best captains, one was at Pfeiffer university, Matt Harmer um, was a central defender actually. And uh, Jonas Stieg at LIU Brooklyn, who was also a central defender. And the two were very similar actually. And the two of them captained, two of the best teams that I ever had the privilege of coaching. Um, so, you know, the, the qualities and the characteristics they had was modeling behavior, you know, modeling the right behavior. We talked often about, uh, you know, how do you become a good, what are the things, because they ask, you know, what do I need to do to, you know, how do I motivate guys? Well, you model, you know, studies have shown between 65 and 93% of all communication is nonverbal. You know, tone of my voice, my body language, and my right. clothes, and my board. So that modeling piece is huge. So how do you model? Modeling on the field, off the field, pulling guys in the side, in the locker room, in the classroom, picking up trash, uh, carrying th- ah, right, all that different stuff that hey, he's doing it, I need to do it right. So in terms of, they were phenomenal models. Yeah, they worked really hard. They were hardworking people that, um, you know, the hardest working people, they had integrity, they were selfless, 
and they had confidence and belief, right? Integrity, selfless, they were hardworking, persistent, and they had confidence and belief. And when both of those teams, as we move forward, what happens is, is the team starts taking over. When you have a very successful team, the team leads itself. Yeah. I don't lead the team. I am just a facilitator. That's all I do. Right. And the best teams that I've coached in my 32 years, these two best teams, they led on their own. They learned because we empowered them that you have the solutions yourself. You don't need me to tell you what to do. And the words oftentimes, both of those guys would have the last words to speak to the team and not my voice because they were in the team. Okay. And trusting and building that type of leadership and taking your own ego away as a coach and being humble and having humility as a coach and empowering others. Yeah, that's great. Um, and to go back to the characteristics, one thing got me was, um, you know, carrying things. Uh, um, we had the author of a, a great book called The Captain Class on the show. And, and one of his characteristics of the captains, you know, he, he profiled, uh, I think it was 10 or 12 of the greatest dynasties of all time. And they all had one characteristic, a, a transformational captain. And one of the characteristics of all of them was he called it uh, the water cooler guy the guy that would carry the water cooler. So that was just a, a cool little piece that reminded me. Um, and obviously leading by example is one of the best ways, like you said, nonverbal communication. Um, and it's the consistency and authenticity in those actions that I think really gets people behind that. Um, and, and really that's, that's what it comes down to when it, when it comes to being a captain. And I think the facilitation as a coach is also huge. One of my guests, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but they, they told me about the word coach and what it meant and the root of it. Um, and it came back to a sort of like boat carriage um, was what it was really meant to be as a word. Can't remember if the guy was just, uh, you know, made that up on the spot, but it was interesting concept that they really just carry the team. They're kind of the, the, the block that the team can float on. And then the team, you know, actually does everything it needs to. And there's a, a great quote, uh, Greg Popovich, uh, a player, a player led team will always outperform a coach led team. And I think what, what you said just sums all that up. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And that's the epitome. The highest level is that you've created leaders on the team where they're on their own able to have that success. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And, and going back to what you said earlier about um, your job is to create other leaders, not good followers. I think leadership begets leadership and when you allow your players to do that you'll just see it it's a domino effect even throughout the season you'll see more players stepping up and and as the years go on you'll just see there's more and more leaders in the program um, can i share with you that so one of the yes, issues, yes. challenge we had uh, my last year at liu and then i'm going to share a sec a second mm -hmm. book with you uh, is that uh we had a super talented team uh, two years ago and early in the season we went out to California to test ourselves against top competition we had uh, two games on the east coast we ended up splitting one-on-one -on -one against two national programs we go out to California we play a top team San Diego State very very good team we're up one nil and we end up losing two one on two not good goals and uh, after the match everybody was deflated because we were up 
halftime, you know, one right. and we give up two goals. It was awful. So guys stretch, cool down. And um, as we got together and guys were stretching, one of my captains, Marius, starts talking. And he's talking. He's not yelling. He's not screaming. He's just talking. He's like, guys, you know, we're, we're, we're much better than this. Each of, each of us knows that we're much better than this. Each of us, including myself, can give so much more to this. And he talked about the game. He talked about very gently, very specifically, and, and kept on including himself, me too, me too, what I need to do better, what I need to do better. Well, I didn't say anything. <laughs> it was over. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's get up and hands in, one, two, three. I, I, I didn't say anything, all right? We go to we go to Vans because it was a, a local hotel nearby. Right. And we had training the next day. Happiest guys in the world at training the next day, and we played a game the following day against another top California team. Final score: four-one. Good guys. We yeah, that's that that's incredible. And we went on a nine-game winning streak from there. That's incredible. And that, that's actually incredible. That's one of those things where you know. You, you never want to lose a game, lose a match, but in a situation like that, it's almost the best thing that could have happened. Um, it, it was, coming out of it. It was the best thing that could happen. Can I share one more book with you? Of course. The Culture Code. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, you know that book as well, Daniel yeah. Coyle. It's, it's uh, great. And these are books that I share in my leadership training when I do leadership training around the country for coaches and, and, and teams to read. Right. So, so have you read the book? Do you know yeah, the book? no, no. The, 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 it reminded me before we were talking about some of the communication stuff you were talking about, the nonverbal and pointing. It reminded mm-hmm. me of the, um, the spaghetti marshmallow test they talk about. In the, yes, the yes. It's, a, it's yes. Pretty, pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, anybody out there who hasn't read either uh, Man's Search for Meaning or in Culture Code, whether you're in a leadership position or not, awesome, awesome, awesome. And if you are in a leadership position, Culture Code is a, is a must-read in my opinion. Mushroom. And the, the takeaway, a couple of takeaways are that leaders allow others to make mistakes. Right. Permit them to make mistakes and learn from the mistakes and not, not punish them for the mistakes. Uh, leaders uh, are vulnerable. When leaders don't have the answer, they share that they don't have the answer. I don't, I don't know. I need help. And when a leader shares that I need help, I don't have the answer, those that they're leading recognize that they don't need to have the answer to be perfect and to grow from it. Uh, so that's a huge part in terms of the vulnerability part because we yeah. seem to think sometimes that the leader has to have all the answers, has to be yeah. right all the time. Or if they're not right, you know, then, you know, what do I do? do how do I act? No, 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 no. That's okay. You're a human being. We're all human beings. And to show your humanity and use the word authenticity. Authenticity is one of my favorite words. Uh, Authenticity comes from love and caring. When you love and you care, you're authentic. And when you're authentic, that's where players and people right. do different things for you. Yeah. I was just, I was just reading uh, an article about um, it was not caring what other people think in order for your authentic voice to come out. And, and people don't gravitate to people who conform and want to please everybody. They gravitate towards people who are authentic because, you know, one of my best friends was on the show. He was captain of our lacrosse team. One of the big things we talked about was was being authentic, not being phony. People can sniff out people who are being phony and just trying to play a part. So, especially especially college athletes, it's so easy in a team environment. So, I think that's a huge piece: being vulnerable 
And like you said, being a captain and being a leader isn't about having all the answers. It's about having the ability to find those answers within your team because they're somewhere. Somebody's got them, but it's ha- having the ability to pull it out. But uh, I know you got to run here, coach, taking up uh, enough of your time. I think there definitely will be a, a part two in store because I, I think we just touched the surface and some of the things we can get out of you uh, for our listeners. So um, I'll let you go tonight, but I can't thank you enough, coach, for coming on the show and, and hope, to, hope to talk to you here again soon. A privilege to be on, Luke. Thank you so much for having me. You take care. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulet. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.